are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 66. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Now we talk a lot, talk a lot in my work about other people and their opinions of us and our drinking. And today I want to take a particular angle on this, which I find intensely curious. And that's the subject of what others might think. That's right, we're talking the conditional voice here, right? We're not even dealing with what people tell you they are thinking, even though, as we all know, you can't even rely 100% on that. But we're talking about what they might be thinking. This is intriguing. Now, the first thing I want to reflect and offer is that we know we can't and don't control others, right? We say that. We're, we're intelligent, sensible people. We know, so people say to me things that I know I don't control what they think, but then we often add the word, but. I know I don't control what they think about my drinking, but it seems to me it would be a good thing if dot, dot, dot. I know they will think whatever they like about my drinking, but I just feel that if I were to do the following dot, 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 right? Fill in the blanks. It's like we're trying to convince ourselves. I know we don't know this, but... So I want you to make it easy on yourself. That's my first action tactic for today. I want you to drop the word but. Just say, I know I don't control what others might think about my drinking or I know I don't control what others might think about, you know, whatever subject you want and accept that as it is. No buts. Put a full stop on the end of that sentence. Here's why this is so important. It's important because it's not just that we are wasting time right? By thinking about stuff that we don't control. I mean, anytime we try to control something that we don't or we, we sort of strategize with ourselves and think about how we might you know, control, it's a waste. It's a waste of our effort, waste of our time, waste of our life. But that's not the most significant point here. I want you to stop doing this because we are generating feelings for ourselves based on what we think others might be thinking right so we are guessing at what someone else is thinking and then we are directly creating our own human lived experience at that point from that guess and of course what's happening here is the other person plays no role in this we're doing this all in our own mind now how this often looks is maybe we might feel fear or some trepidation or some anxiety about how our friends will react if we start drinking less, right? We're going to go down the pub. They know, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share two bottles of white wine, but all of a sudden I'm not going to do that. And we might feel scared about how they're going to react. We might scared how they're going to react even if we just say no to just one glass, right? One glass less. So as we're playing that out in our mind, what we are doing all by ourselves is we're thinking ahead, we're imagining what's going to happen around other people, we're imagining what they might be thinking about us, 
And then we're then creating real feelings in ourselves about that, right? And the beauty of the brain is that it actually doesn't know the difference between real life and imagination. So ahead of time, we are creating feelings, those feelings of fear and anxiety and all the rest of it. We are feeling all those negative feelings ahead of time, right? Before we even step foot into the pub, we're already feeling them now. And we're doing it of our own accord. It's totally wild. So we create these feelings, these negative feelings of fear and anxiety and so on. In fact, these are the feelings that we often drink over right because we don't want to feel these feelings but we're creating these feelings ahead of time and then because we're feeling in that way we then take decisions about future action to avoid feeling those feelings in the moment right so we're feeling fear and frustration right now and based on that we're strategizing what we're going to do in the moment to avoid feeling this way i want you to see clearly what's happening here so here's an example right so first we have a thought about what others might think about us. For instance, they might think I'm boring if I say no to the wine. And then we imagine their judgment. Take yourself to that place. You can feel judged and maybe a bit, you know, a bit off, a bit iffy, a bit annoyed about feeling judged because you're being boring, because they think you're being boring. Now that creates a feeling of judgment in ourselves. We start to think I'm not good enough. Yeah, we start to say, I can see how it would be boring to not drink that and I don't want to feel that and that then creates a feeling of fear or anxiety that I want to drink less but I'm really scared at the idea of being treated as a social pariah right which we want to push away and avoid we don't want to be judged and seen as being this boring person even though right we want to drink less so what happens is then we then make decisions ahead of time based on not wanting to feel those emotions, right? So we're taking action based on trying to avoid these negative emotions that we are predicting we are going to feel. So we might agree with them. We might secretly or might even secretly agree. Yeah, it's going to be boring to not drink. I'm going to be the boring one. I'm going to be the party pooper. And if we're thinking that and if we're feeling anxiety about this, And that's going to lead to actions that we're not fully behind. For instance, we may drink more, even though we really don't want to, right? We're going to drink more because we're agreeing with them that we're going to be boring to not drink so much. And because we feel fearful and anxious about being judged in that way, we don't want to feel that way. We kind of just go along with what they want. And actually, again, the wild thing here is that we're doing this ahead of time. You can even do it in the moment. And the other person hasn't at this point uttered a word this is all based on what we think others might think they might think i'm boring and so then we create this whole story of what we will do in that regard now we also do a similar thing based on what we might think about ourselves for instance we think we're going to feel disappointed if we don't achieve our drinking goal and if we're feeling disappointed already right now because we think we're not going to achieve our drinking goal and then we take decisions and action from that feeling look what happens right we're going to give ourselves permission to drink more than we want to because we don't think we'll be capable of sticking to a smaller number of drinks we might avoid going to an event in case we overdrink and disappoint ourselves in the moment right 
but we don't know. We're just taking that decision, that taking the action ahead of time to avoid feeling disappointed in ourselves on the evening. But what we're doing is we're second guessing ourselves. You don't know how you're going to feel whenever it is, you know, in the moment. So why create a plan based on this? You don't know if you're going to feel disappointed. So there's no point planning. There's no point assuming you're going to feel disappointed and planning for the worst case. Because all that we do is we disappoint ourselves in advance by doing things like not going to the event, not having the possibility of joining the event, not even allowing for the possibility that we can go to the event, not overdrink and have a good time. We also deny ourselves the opportunity to feel proud of ourselves at being up for the challenge and taking action from that point, right? Imagine if you're taking action from, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I, I back myself. I feel proud and just, I'm just willing to be happy and go forward and not worry what others might think, right? Whenever you find yourself looking ahead and guessing at emotions or questioning your plans or questioning your ability, get curious. Why am I thinking in this way? Is this just another story? So maybe you recognize yourself here. If you're sitting here listening to this and nodding along, but then silently berating yourself for basing what you feel and do on what others might think, please have some compassion for yourself. Because I want to offer, I think it's no wonder that we do this to ourselves, right? I talk with people every single day about drinking. And what I hear time and time again is when people first decide they want to actually do something about their drinking, maybe they, you know, they want to coach with me and then they pluck up the courage. So usually the words I hear and they confide or tell people in their life about this, maybe their friends or their spouse they generally get two reactions. They hear two responses. The first response is, but why? You don't have a problem. So why do you want to do this to yourself? Now they might even say, and you even drink less than me and I don't have a problem. And then the second frequent response you'll hear is, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. I didn't realize you were an alcoholic. Hmm, makes sense. You better give up immediately and start going to AA meetings. Now, this last point I hear a lot and I also hear from people who want to coach with me, right? They come along, we talk and they come to me because they've often been told by others, it's obvious you can't moderate and you just need to go sober for life and that's it. Now, I do not subscribe to that view. If you are drinking to avoid withdrawal symptoms, if you drink to function in life, then it sounds as though you do indeed, indeed need medical support. But if you're like I was and if you're like my clients where you just want to drink less, whether you want to quit entirely or keep drinking here or there, that is totally and utterly achievable. But I digress. To get back on topic, what I wanted to say here is don't give yourself a hard time if you do find that you're making decisions about what you think others might think because it, you know, it makes sense. We're kind of conditioned to do this. But now you have that realization you can decide to stop doing it. I'm going to tell you how, right? Because you can decide for yourself what you want, irrespective of what others in your circle think about your drinking. One of the ways you can do this is by identifying obstacles in advance. Now, there's a difference between taking action based on what you think others might be thinking about you and your drinking, right? What we've just been talking about versus 
you identifying obstacles ahead of time and taking action from that perspective from the perspective of being you know well armed and and prepared the latter is a healthy approach because it's you looking out for you and you backing you for instance you may identify as an obstacle that you're meeting friends before dinner and you don't like to drink on an empty stomach So you can decide what you'll do about this. You can, for instance, plan an AF drink until you sit down to dinner and then be willing to process any urges while you're standing at the bar with other people who might be sipping on their alcoholic aperitifs. And then when you sit down and the wine comes, that's your point when you've decided you will have your first drink. Now, looking ahead like that, very helpful, right? Very, very helpful. Another obstacle you might identify could be a fear of what others might think of you. Now, pay attention here because you might be saying, hang on, Anna, I thought you said we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't think about and plan on, on what others might think about us. Hmm, we shouldn't, right? That's what we're saying. But you're human. This idea may still pop up as an objection. And rather than avoiding it, I like to look at these things and tackle them. So instead of quashing it, Instead of telling yourself you're being silly and instead, and this is the key point of taking action through any fear from what you imagine others will think, I want you to change things around and ask how you want to handle this in terms of what you control. If you have the thought, hmm, I wonder what they're thinking. Do they think I'm boring? How do you want to handle that for yourself? You have an option. Do you see the difference? It's subtle, but so important. So if you think others might judge you because you're being boring, instead of deciding, oh, to hell with it, I'm just going to drink because, you know, secretly I, I do actually agree with them. I agree with what they might be thinking there. You could prepare for that obstacle by thinking of all the famous people, you know, who don't drink and who are anything but boring because it's your way of showing yourself that it's you who makes you interesting, not the alcohol. Now I want to give a different perspective. In fact, it's a wild idea. I'm into the word wild at the moment, apparently. As you're sitting there imagining all the fear you're going to face as you run the gauntlet of others' negative judgments on why you're not drinking, I want you to consider that they might not be thinking that at all at all talk about worrying over something for nothing now coaching is my full-time job and every day I'm talking with people about drinking and I can tell you the overriding emotion people come to me with is sadly a sense of shame and disappointment in themselves that they drink too much and we very quickly move past that I am happy to say but when people first talk about wanting to get help They think things like they think they should know better. They think they should be able to do this by now, right? Because they should just be able to do the right thing for themselves. And by the way, I see this even more in high achievers because they're so used to setting targets and achieving them and then get a bit frazzled and frustrated and confused when that doesn't happen with drinking. So I want you to think about it. You know, I have all these people, as a coach, I have all these people, and I talk to a lot of people every day, coming to me who tell me they don't want to talk about this with anyone else. They don't want to talk about the drinking with anyone else as they feel shame. And for every person who plucks up the courage to come and chat about this, to back themselves to do something about it, 
there are likely thousands who don't, right? So it's highly likely that others in your circle are going to feel the same. Yes, even those who are merrily down in the drinks and encouraging you to keep up, it's highly likely they are feeling some uncertainty and some qualms about their drinking. So imagine that for a second, right? Imagine a couple of your hard drinking buddies actually secretly struggling and secretly wanting to change this. Consider how that would make you feel. How would that make you approach going out with them in the evenings? Would you then approach those evenings out with trepidation? Or would you feel proud of yourself and caring towards others who who are maybe looking to do the same thing as you? Right? Probably, right? To feel some compassion, at least. You'd be dropping the judgment. Now, having said all this, it's still pointless taking action from this place because as we said at the top of the podcast you don't actually know what they're thinking or what they might be thinking but I did just want to offer that there is a completely opposite opinion they might be having right now that we just don't ever tend to bear in mind they might actually be totally marveling at you and dying to know just how you do this even as they're trying to cajole you into taking that extra drink However, there is a way to build on this last point in a way that you do control. It's kind of cute, right? Because I sometimes hear people say, well, I want to go to XYZ event because I want to show person ABC that I've changed. I want to show them I don't have to get plastered every time we get together. I want them to show that I've really got my act together, right? Because I'm feeling good about myself. Now, while you have good intentions here, I want you to see that it's still you trying to control what someone else might be thinking or feeling about you, right? But here's the cool thing. When you're thinking in this way, actually what you're trying to do is prove to yourself that you don't have to get plastered every time you get together with that friend, right? It's a way for you to build your belief and trust in yourself. By showing others what you're capable of, you are showing yourself. So this has a very positive knock-on effect. Finally, on a related note, I spoke earlier about other people's reactions when you tell them you want to change your drinking, right? Maybe they want to shuffle you off to AA or maybe they want to tell you you don't have a problem or maybe they tell you that they can help you. Hmm. They might say something like, well, I don't have a problem drinking and I don't think you really do either, but that's okay. I can help you. Leave it with me. Have you heard that before? I know many people tell me that and unfortunately it doesn't often end up too in a, too much of a good place. And this is why, because your friends, family and colleagues, they're not equipped to help you. It's in the same way that it's not usually recommended, at least in my experience, for family members to teach others to learn to drive. Yes, you might be able to do the basics, but you know, once you know where the pedals are, you know, ship them off to a driving instructor because there's that distance there, there's that professionalism and there's that neutrality, right? Because when it comes to your relationship with alcohol, friends and family and other well-meaning individuals close to you, they don't know how to solve your problems or overcome your obstacles or give you the support that you think you need or that you need, right? You may not even know what you need and they won't either. They won't have the right words or the solutions you're searching for. And even if they say they have the solutions, I'm going to offer that proximity doesn't make people well suited to solving others' problems. They aren't equipped to help you because they don't know how. 
they aren't objective. They're going to either agree with you, which usually isn't as helpful as you might think it is, or they're going to judge you. They're going to bring their own limiting beliefs with them to every conversation. They're going to tell you things like, it's easy to drink less. I've told you a million times. All you've got to do is just say no. We're just not going to buy the wine. Right? And it's not in the fridge and you can't drink it. You've just got to be tough on yourself and just decide. I mean, I managed to do it. It's not that big a deal. It's not that hard. How many more times do I have to tell you this? Right? They're going to have agendas. They're going to have judgments. They're going to have biases. And they don't have your experience. They haven't done what you've been doing. They haven't been where you are. They aren't where you are or where you want to go. And they lack perspective. And frankly, if this worked, they would have helped you by now and you'd be well on your way. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So I really want you to watch out for that if people say they'll help you and they may have the best of intentions. But I want you also to think about what you're thinking about, what they might be thinking about you, right? Bringing us back to the topic. You might be thinking, well, I have to say yes to this because otherwise they'll, you know, they'll get really angry with me and, and all the rest of it. Just, just think about what sensation that creates in you, what feeling that creates in you, and what action you're taking from this. So watch out for that. If people say they'll help you. And I would ask yourself, what is the best way for you to achieve your results? Who might be best placed to help you? Hint, you're listening to my podcast. Yep, I can help. So in summary, these are all the reasons why we really don't want to bring into consideration what other people might be thinking about our drinking. Not so much because of what they're actually thinking, but because of how we are reacting to what we think they might be thinking and then how we are then showing up, right? Showing up in our lives and how we and then end up taking actions. It's so powerful. Instead, I want you to focus on what you are thinking about you and take action from that place. I want you to trust yourself. It starts with believing in yourself. I believe in you. When listening to this podcast, this is totally possible to change your relationship with alcohol. You've got to drop this, you know, uh, worrying about what other people might be thinking about you. Now, if you think you can't do this alone, and that's maybe one of the reasons why you're listening to these other people, or if you don't want to do this alone, that's where I come in. If you're listening to this podcast and what I say resonates with you, let's talk. I know my stuff. I know how to do this. And I have spots available in my coaching practice where I work one-on-one with people just like you. Where I tailor the content just to you and to your life. Work with me and get freedom around alcohol and put a total end to wondering what other people might be thinking about your drinking. That, my friends, is freedom. If you have any questions, you can reach me at anna at 90dayslater.co or to get started straight away, go to 90dayslater.co and click the big blue button at the top to book a call. The first call is totally free. And we're going to talk about how to map out the plan for you to get to where you want to be with alcohol. It's so cool. Look forward to talking to you. Otherwise, I will see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. 
And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.